I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Adam Coyle, Chief Executive Officer of Digital River. We're talking about e-commerce, which has undergone explosive growth in the course of the last 12 or more months, for the obvious reason. But Adam, you think there's more yet to come? We certainly think there's more yet to come. And uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. But yeah, obviously, the last 12 months have seen a a sea change in e-commerce adoption around the world. And uh, at Digital River, we think that this is just the start. Um, We think that the necessities that have been driven by the COVID epidemic have really resulted in a permanent shift in consumer behavior. And I use the term consumer in the broadest possible sense, because that could be a a true individual or or a, a business that is consuming goods and services from another party. But the necessities of finding and continuing to operate in the real world in light of the impediments that were imposed by the pandemic have resulted in people having to find different ways to source the goods and services they either need to operate their business or to survive. And uh, we think that change is permanent and it's changed uh, behavior across channels. Are we talking purely about domestic e-commerce or are you looking at international e-commerce? Well, it has certainly changed um, domestic patterns, but I think the the most interesting thing to come out of the p- pandemic is the uh, the change in cross border. As consumers have been forced to look for other sources of supply that they might have not have considered before or have been hesitant to consider before, consumers are now increasingly willing to uh, source goods and services from outside of their domestic geographies and markets. And we've seen that uh, increasingly over the past number of years as supply chains have gotten more efficient and consumer confidence in their ability to transact cross-border has grown, Um, whether that's due to the fact that cross-border merchants now accept payment types that are familiar to them or uh, due to the fact that supply and logistics has gotten more efficient. But we really did see it accelerate in the last 12 months through the pandemic as necessity drove increased behavior for uh, or increased demand for cross-border traffic. I think I want to underline straight away that when you say consumer, you're not just talking about the retail consumer, you're talking about the business consumer as well. Absolutely. We mean that in the broadest sense because uh, we work across both uh, the B2C, as we call the channel, as well as B2B. And businesses are increasingly buying more like what we uh, traditional consumers, and we call this the consumerization of B2B, um, as uh, people take the experiences they have shopping online from their personal lives and take them into the work environment and say, why can't I have a similar experience buying for my work purposes that I do for my consumer purposes? This is also a factor of what's happened in the payment space, though, isn't it? Very much so. I think um, the ability to uh, accept payment types that are uh, payments, first of all, I, I, I'm, I come out of the payments industry and uh, payments are uh, inherently personal and inherently local in many senses. And if you're a merchant or a business who wants to sell in the global marketplace, um, you need to be sensitive to that and realize that uh, nation states are very protective of their payment regimes. And if you're going to effectively work in uh, a different country, you need to be sensitive and uh, accepting of the payment types that are that are near or that, that are familiar to your consumers in that market. So the ability to accept those payment types, as well as the other things I described, the, you know, the improvement of logistics and things like that, have really fostered this explosion of cross-border commerce. 
you as Digital River are an enabler of e-commerce. How do you go about helping somebody provide the right experience for their purchases? That's a great question because we focus specifically, it's, it's actually, I'll take a step back because uh, as I find many people don't understand how the magic of e-commerce occurs. <laughs> I think we all go on the web and we have an experience and it just sort of happens. But what we fail to realize maybe is that the experience we have when we're on a website and purchasing thing is actually a a, a variety of different technologies that are coming together in concert to basically create that experience and create the full end-to-end experience of, of buying something. And we are a provider of a, a part of that technology. If you separate the key commerce experience into what we call the front end and the back end, the front end is the things you experience when you're on a website. It's the look and feel, it's the merchandising, it's information about the products you're buying. And then everything that happens you know, up, up until you hit the buy button is what we call the front end. We pick up with a technology that's necessary to do everything that happens after you hit the buy button, which is all of the Uh, messaging, the emails that you get, um, the order management, the interfaces with logistics providers and payment providers. And we do that in an integrated fashion that makes it easy for brands who want to sell in the global marketplace to operate seamlessly and in a common uh, fashion around the world. So our technology integrates all of those capabilities that are necessary on the back end, whether it's the payments, whether it's fraud, whether it's tax and compliance, and does that in a singular fashion. And it plugs into that consumer experience provider on the front end, people like Magento or Salesforce or SAP. So that when you're on a website and you're doing a transaction, you don't realize that all this technology is occurring, but it requires the cooperation of a lot of different technologies to make it happen. And increasingly, when you step outside of a domestic market, it gets increasingly difficult into the global market because the number of connections and the number of uh, capabilities you need to support, whether it's that local payment type or a particular logistics methodology or schema uh, in, in a different country comes into play. And pulling all that together creates great complexity, which makes it hard or potentially daunting for people who want to sell into the global marketplace. And what we do is we consolidate all that on the back end and make it easy. What you're actually talking about is a swan gliding along the surface of the water while the legs are frantically pedaling underneath. It's a beautiful analogy. I, it's very, it's very true, and and uh, um, we have to we have to pedal very fast sometimes because the rate and pace at which all of that changes is uh, is overwhelming. And for merchants who have done very well selling, perhaps in their domestic market, they quickly realize that the the rules change dramatically when you get outside of of, of their domestic markets, and the number of things they have to keep up with is uh, can be overwhelming to them. We try and make that simple. It's also a a massive opportunity, though, isn't it? It has to be a massive opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity. And as as we see the continued expansion of cross-border commerce as, as uh, you know, the, the one thing that um, e-commerce has done is, is democratize marketplaces. Consumers can now go online and find goods or services that they didn't even know existed in places that they may have never heard of. <laughs> And they can buy them and they can have them delivered if they're physical goods in a few days. It's, it's kind of amazing. And we've come a long way from the days of Marco Polo and uh, the other explorers who brought back rare goods. Now we can have them delivered immediately to our homes. 
And as consumers begin to experience that and want to have that in um, you know, things that they weren't able to find before, we're able to work with them or work with brands who want to sell to those consumers to deliver that experience. It's very much about, I think what's really enabled it is really very much the consumer experience, that consumers can have a good experience and you know, realize that uh, they can buy with confidence around the world. The things are going to show up. They're going to show up on a timely basis. They're going to be as described and they're going to meet their needs. Well, I'm going to end up, if I may, with a phrase that's been used in other circumstances before, but it seems to fit this as well. Think global, act local. Absolutely. There's a definite need to meet customers where they want to be met. And you have to, you know, to be successful in the global marketplace, you have to realize that uh, you have to meet that customer with what their expectation is, whether it's from a mode of delivery or form of payment, or even the language that you're using, uh, the way you display things. There's an endless, endless optimization that you can do, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. And uh, businesses who are thinking about selling to the global marketplace should realize that they can have confidence that there are vendors out there who can help them make it easy. Adam Coyle, Chief Executive Officer of Digital River, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me.